So, Rachel. Yeah? While en route to investigate a mysterious planet, the entire crew, with the exception of Lieutenant Commander Data, is rendered unconscious by an apparent wormhole. Mm. What do you think you're going to get? Gosh, everyone's unconscious, so it can't just be Data on his own all episode. So I'll say Data will draw on his Sherlock Holmes knowledge and will bring in a holodeck character, computer or alien, to help him solve the case oh. while tending to everyone's medical needs. Oh. The wormhole is a powerful consciousness overwhelming theirs, let's say. Riker will do something heroic, hopefully. Hmm, that sounds like a pretty good episode. Sweet. Let's see how right you are. Captain's log, stardate 44502.7. Early completion of our mission at Harakis 5 has allowed me to grant extra personal time for many of the crew. This has come as something of a relief, since our recent tight scheduling has prevented the pursuit of the leisure activities that are a normal part of life aboard the Enterprise. I expect our journey past the Nagami Nebula to be uneventful. And I'm personally using the time to fulfill a promise to a colleague. Welcome to Rachel Watch a Star Trek. I'm Rachel Lecky. And I am Chris Lecky. And we're here <laughs> at RachelWatchesStarTrek.com and Patreon. Thank you, patrons. This is the free show for the month. So if you're not on Patreon, please consider joining us and you get all this extra content, three more episodes. There's a comment show. There's bonus content on all types of really cool stuff. Lately, we've been into Strange New Worlds. We're kind of yeah. jumping jumping ahead. Who knows where we'll go with that yet? You're loving it. So I am want to encourage that behavior. Of course you do. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're listening and you don't want to join us on Patreon, thank you for listening. Every listener counts. Every download yeah. is a beautiful little stroke on our shoulder. <laughs> this story is called Clues, and it's from a fan... Bruce D. Arthurs, who submitted a spec script for producers. Hmm. Joe Minoski did the rewrite, directed by Les Landau. After being first AD in season one, Les directed episodes including Family, uh. Deja Q, <laughs> Sins of the Father, and Future Imperfect, and mm. went on to direct 14 episodes of Deep Space Nine and Nine of Voyager. Wow. We've mentioned Les before a few times, of course, but I didn't realize how prolific and how long the involvement would be. Yeah. Whoosh. All over the place. From that captain's log, it sounds like there's been an awful lot of overtime for the crew lately, warping from one urgent mission to another, and self-care has been squeezed out, Chris. Oh, no. That's not good. You can't have that. No. They've dealt with a con artist last week, the Cardassians <laughs> the week before. O'Brien worked on what should have been his wedding dates. Oh, it's chaos. Yeah, come the on. Picard's on it, though. We open with a glimpse into the crew's leisure time. Worf is leading a class of what looks like Tai Chi, and it's called Mokbara. Mm -hmm. Riker, Troy, and LaForge are joining in, and it's not their first rodeo, is it? They've got the moves down. <laughs> They've all got their special little outfits, the white cheesecloth kind of judo suits. Worf's suit has a burgundy trim. I'm guessing like as a black belt equivalent to show he's achieved more. Bev isn't into movement, though, as we know. What? She likes growing moss. <laughs> <laughs> she loves movement. She's a dancing freak. She is a dancing freak, but not this episode. No. Diomedean Scarlet Moss. She's doing an experiment with spores. Picard, of course, heads straight to the holodeck because it's Dixon Hill time. Oh <laughs> yeah. He's he's not going to do just some work as his downtime like Bev? No. He's going to invite a friend to join him 
for their first time mm -hmm. in a Dixon Hill adventure. Yeah, it's Guinan in a green 40s dress suit and fur stole. She tries to get past the receptionist, who we've seen before, and Guinan is playing Gloria from Cleveland. <laughs> Enjoying the scene? I am. Yeah? I really do enjoy the scene. Usually I don't like this stuff, but it's Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah, she brings something to everything, doesn't she? She really does. I just thought it was okay. I enjoyed it, and I like <laughs> her, and I liked her being annoyed, and she's got a lot of personality. She's great. <laughs> yeah. She's uh, she's trying to get into it. She's not really having fun yet. Yeah. I wonder what that's like, having somebody that you try to get into something, and they're not really into it. Oh. Uh, they give it a go. Your poor sad life. Or my poor sad life. <laughs> Turns out Dixon has been held at gunpoint by a mobster. And then the mobster gets shot dead through the window and they've got a mystery on their hands. Guinan keeps asking, and this is fun, which I liked. <laughs> so familiar. Sense of deja vu. But Data is using the telephone to say, hey, fun's over. He calls in the holodeck. So yeah. Dixon actually picks up the phone. That's a nice little touch. Yeah. Because he didn't want to intrude on the, the mood he was creating. But Even he did want Picard to leave immediately yeah. and come to the bridge. <laughs> Uh, they've got a T-Tari-type star near the Nagami Nebula with one M-Class planet. Yeah, Q-Song! Ooh, I can't believe it, we've found an Earth-like planet. I'm aching for answers, I'm peeing my pants. Let's go and learn everything about it! It's a treat. I tell you, if we cued that song every time they say Class M Planet in this episode, you'd be listening <laughs> to it at least 10 times. So get ready for that. No! Uh, it also has a small, unstable wormhole, which disappears. Oh, hell no, says Riker. Let's get out before it reappears and we're in it. But it's too late. They're flung across space about a day's travel, I mm -hmm. think. Yeah. And everyone except Data is knocked unconscious. So that's how it happens. Yeah. And now, presumably the episode's just going to be Data. Well, no. Data informs Picard, as they all come to, that the crew was knocked out for 30 seconds. I felt really ripped off by the description I've been given oh, there. I'm all sorry. based on them all being unconscious for the entire episode, in my mind. I'm sorry. Data advises sending a probe back to the Class M planet rather than returning to it. That's a clue. It, it is a clue. Mm -hmm. The probe reveals the planet not to be Class M at all. It's hydrogen and helium, which I just learned this week reading to Finney is almost all there was for millions of years after the Big Bang. Mm. Did you know that? Yes. You, you know all this stuff, don't you? I, well, some of stuff, yeah. 75% hydrogen, 25% helium-ish, before different stars created the other elements that we all know and love. I know. I mean, I know I kind of knew that, but not really. Yeah. Like the gold in my rings was huh? made by two neutron stars colliding. What? That's exciting. Oh, I love it. <laughs> it's a great book. It's called The Stardust That Made Us Beautiful Illustrations. Mm. Yeah. Data says, I'm sure it's fine. Probably the after image of a planet on the other side of the wormhole. I didn't know that was a thing. Well, yeah. I mean, if a wormhole leads to another place. Yeah, it's like a door you can see through into yeah. the other room. Yeah, we're, that's what Data is hypothesizing. Oh. Picard decides to proceed to Evadne 4. Ensign McKnight lays in a course. Are you enjoying her? Yeah, she's all right. She's not going to stick around that long, apparently. And she doesn't say much either, no. so we don't get a real sense of her personality at we all. We didn't see what hobbies she was into or anything. Yeah. They would have gotten away with it, too, if it hadn't <laughs> been for that meddling bath. <laughs> yeah. Her scarlet moss has shown a full day's growth, and she shows Picard, and he tries to dismiss it, but she is not letting it go. Good work, Bev. Now, I must say, this is how my vulgar mind works. Well, not vulgar, biological. Yeah. I was thinking if they've been out for a lot longer than five seconds, 
won't their pubic hair have grown? What? And her scallop moss has. Oh. <laughs> Come on, that's oh, a low blow. That is low. But I was genuinely thinking that. And LaForge <laughs> is going to address hair growth later. Yes. Data tries to explain away the contradictions, like the moss, and Picard dismisses him from the room to say to the others, could Data be lying? Mm. Ooh. Concept. They suspect they were unconscious for much longer than 30 seconds. LaForge is calling the bullshit on Data as well and wants to examine the ship's chronometer to see if it's been tampered with. Right. Bev will also analyse the transporter traces. At this point, we're not sure what she's going to do with that, but yeah. it turns out to be pretty cool. Mm -hmm. LaForge does mention that their beards haven't grown. So if time's passed, something's up. Is he one of those guys who wakes up with a full beard, do you think? <laughs> it could be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's a few people. Well, Greg Johnson, man, that guy grows a beard in a, like 10 by, seconds. By tea time, he's got <laughs> full on. Well, what do they call it? Five o'clock shadow. Five o'clock shadow. No one mentions being hungry either. Yeah, right, yeah. Dr. Crusher and Nurse Ogawa conduct a scan on the last person to transport, and it's Ensign Lachlan. Her electrolyte concentration is now compared to when she transported, supposedly within the hour, and it shows it has been more time. Mm -hmm. You've got to be excited about this concept. This is cool. Yeah, you're into what the transporter can do and how they often don't use its technology to the best of their abilities. Yeah, and that's great. That makes a lot of sense that there's a record of it and mm -hmm. you're able to detect how much time has passed. Totally cool. We've had two scenes with Bev and O'Brien already, by the way, neither of which were necessary, except that we know his wrist has been twisted. Yes. But we've got to make sure that he's kept in mind. Of course, we don't want to forget about O'Brien. <laughs> we've got more female characters on the show now, including Ogawa who was in 16 episodes and two movies, mm. starting with Future Imperfect. Not bad. And this scene passes the Bechdel test. Yeah. She's played by Patty Yasutaki, who had been considered for the part of Keiko. Huh? Before, she was on TJ Hooker and Gung Ho. Tales she, might have, she might have had a bit of time with Shatner then. All right. Yeah. A little crossover there and Tales from the Crypt. Later credits include Stop or My Mom Will Shoot, and she was on ER. I uh, remember her from that. Oh, yeah. LaForge confirms the chronometer has been tampered with and a new security program inserted in its place and only he or Data could have done it. He mm. seems really troubled in this episode, well, LaForge. Sure. Quite menacing, actually. And I guess it's really rattling him that Data could be lying to him, his best friend forever, <laughs> and he might be remembering Data taking over the ship uh -huh. when he got recalled to Singh's lab. Yeah. Just another example of how powerful Data is and everyone hoping that he's going to do it in everyone's best interest yeah data consents to being examined but laforge can't find anything wrong bev discovers Worf's wrist has newly been broken and repaired mm -hmm. presumably by her Ooh, a mystery which indicates that they're not only missing a day but they were conscious during some of it mm. it's meeting time again and troy is swooning but she claims she's fine she leaves Worf hears her scream from her quarters the face in the mirror is not mine oh. ah! Picard decides they have to return to where all the weird stuff began. Or just send a shuttle, maybe? Because mm -hmm. everybody got knocked out last time you were there. Yeah. There's a ship of a thousand people. Mm -hmm. mm. LaForge finds Data rigged the probe launch last time, so they decide to send another and find a different Class M planet. And we get this. Data, you are the key to this entire mystery, and you have done nothing but block my every attempt to solve it. Why are you fighting me? It is not by choice. What do you mean by that? I cannot say. Would you rather endanger Diana, a friend and colleague, than tell me what is going on? Which would you place first? The welfare of a single individual or that of the entire crew? Are you 
you saying that by not cooperating, you are actually protecting us? I am not saying that at all. I merely state a possible alternative explanation. Then, Mr. Data, I'm going to ask you again. And I order you to directly answer me what really happened to us. I cannot answer that. What would you have me do, Data? How would you handle this if our positions were reversed? I am apparently guilty of falsifying the Enterprise's records, of interfering with an investigation, of disobeying a direct order from my commanding officer. Your duty seems clear, sir. Do you know what a court-martial would mean? Your career in Starfleet will be finished. I realize that, sir. You also realize that you would most likely be stripped down to your wires to find out what the hell has gone wrong. Yes, sir. I do. So Data has to lie. But we don't know why. I got the sense he was doing it to protect them. Yeah. He knows a lot more than they do, of course. Yeah. I mean, I've seen this episode a long time ago. Mm. I don't know if I figured out what was going on. I think it was a pretty big reveal for me at the timeline. Yeah. I was like, Whoa. As soon as they arrive in the Titari system, an energy pulse passes through the shields and possesses Counselor Troy. What? Awesome. Oh, I mean, that's quite wild. In a deepened voice, with no emotion, she informs Data the plan has failed. <laughs> it's quite good because it's her real voice, but just deepened a bit, so it's still got her intonation. Yeah, they did some cool modulation thing with her, or maybe they layered another voice over hers. Yeah. It sounded cool. I wasn't loving it, though. I, I loved it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Data pleads for more time, saying that the destruction of the Enterprise at this time would serve no purpose. The Forge walks in and can tell something's wacky with Troy, but still leaves him to talk. Yeah, I thought that was a bit odd. He saw something was up, but nah, just well, leaves. What's he going to do? <laughs> well, report it. Yeah, they were talking in his quarters and it was suspicious. I don't know. That on top of her screaming in the mirror has got to uh, be useful. Yeah. And maybe he did yeah. tell Picard and we just didn't see it. Maybe. Data implores Picard to immediately leave the Titari system. Picard refuses and demands to know why Data is lying. You told me to, he says. You told me. Excited, Chris. Were you excited? Yes, I did. I thought that was cool. Like yeah. You gave the order yeah. to tell me to do all this stuff. And it's like, what? Yeah, Data can give some information as much as he's able to. Right. Things like, I can't tell you and you told me to. So yeah. it keeps it, keeps the clues coming in. Well, it's reveal time. There's a Class M planet inhabited by the Paxons, a violently xenophobic and highly advanced race. When an intruder comes within their space, the wormhole, which is actually an energy field, renders the ship's crew unconscious in biochemical stasis, and the ship is transported out of their space to just over half a parsec away. They were supposed to dismiss it as a freak wormhole and go on their merry way. Yeah. But Data was their first android that yeah. they'd come across. He didn't get knocked out. And he tried to revive the crew from stasis. So a Paxson possessed Troy, which seems... Not really to be the logical next step, but it worked and threatened to destroy the ship to protect their secret. Well, I got the impression that the Paxons aren't necessarily biological themselves. Mm. They're like energy beings. So for them to communicate with them, they had to get inside of Troy okay. to do that. But they don't have another way of communicating? That was my guess. Hmm. Worf challenged possessed Troy and was thrown across the room by the wrist. 
and presumably O'Brien did something similar in the corridor and got his wrist broken. Or no, he just sprained his wrist. It was probably from passing out, like he fell down. Oh, maybe. That's the impression I got because she said there was a number of small injuries. Yeah, true. So they're not connected then. I don't think so. Things high concepts though. Hey, and then this happened. You may not be able to stop them all. Knowledge of your civilization will be spread across half the galaxy. No. Allow us safe passage. And I will protect your right to privacy to the best of my ability. We will never tell anyone of your existence. There are over 1,000 life forms on this vessel. How could you assure their silence? This biochemical stasis, does it suppress synaptic function? It does. Then you have the capability of affecting memory. Can you erase the short-term memory? of everyone on this ship. Remove all knowledge of this event. Allow us to proceed as if it had never happened. It would take time, one of your days. He is immune to our influence. Data, I'm going to give you a most unusual order. I'm not sure that you will be able to integrate it into your program. As a Starfleet officer, I am required to follow all of your orders, Captain. Good. Because our survival depends on it. I am ordering you never to reveal what has happened here today. Not to Starfleet, not to myself even. You will conceal your knowledge of the Paxons for as long as you exist. Do you fully understand, Data? Completely, sir. Satisfactory. Agreed. Good. Now, our task is to eliminate from the ship's records any information that might lead to knowledge of this incident. Picard can't wait to wipe everyone's memory, (laughs) hide it all from Starfleet, order Data to keep deceiving him, and generally do whatever he can to get the bullies to leave them alone. (laughs) Is this the change to Picard? They stood up to the Borg and look what happened. Well... It's a situation that could start a war. What they would do is destroy the Enterprise, and then another ship would come looking. Mm -hmm. And then after that ship got destroyed, more ships would keep coming, and then it would be chaos. So it's not in these guys' best interest. He can't talk his way out of this one. Yeah. Or poker his way out of it. He can only strategize, offer a compromise. I I think it's fair. Yeah. Yeah. It's not his usual response, though, is it just to... Okay, oh, we'll come up with anything you need. Leave, just leave us alone. They don't want to destroy them. They want to be hidden. And Picard is respecting that wish, which yeah. I think is very in character of Picard. Mm. That's my take on it. You and yeah, I may no, disagree on that's this. That's interesting. What do you all think? We cut to the present and Picard says, okay, I'm sorry. We can do this over. That was a practice run. And we, we get this. This ship must be destroyed. No, wait. The plan failed. Because clues were left behind that suggested a mystery. And to many humans, a mystery is irresistible. It must be solved. The doctor's incubation experiment, Worf's wrist, Troy's hallucinations, little pieces of evidence that suggested even more clues. The clock, the transporter trace, Data's odd behavior. If we eliminate the clues and begin again, Again? Yes. Consider the first time uh, a run-through, a rehearsal to shake out the flaws. The second time will succeed. 
if we leave no clues. You are a most unusual species, worthy of a second chance. Proceed. So everybody is put in stasis again. They get rid of the pink moss, I guess, or at least they make it look like it's newly planted. Oh, right. Everybody wakes up and they repeat the same dialogue from the first time. And we end with this. Farewell. There's still that anomalous Class M planet we were going to investigate. Henson, we've brought a course to take Sir, us back to... It is likely the anomalous readings were the result of the wormholes effect. It was extremely unstable. I would recommend against returning. It might put the Enterprise at further risk. Could launch a probe. That would certainly be sufficient, sir. Make it so. And put out a hazard advisory to Starfleet. Ensign, set a course for Avadne 4. Aye, sir. Engage. Have they put that idea in Picard's head or something? As part of the memory wipe. He, he does like this hesitant thing. Yeah. Where you think, does he remember? Mm. But then he just kind of goes on like he doesn't. Mm. So, concepts. The book, The Red Dwarf Program Guide, notes that the story has an uncanny resemblance to an earlier Red Dwarf episode. Thanks for the memory. Huh. I never really got into Red Dwarf. I watched a few episodes. Yeah. I liked it. I thought you would have. It had a laugh track, and I think oh. that always annoyed me. Yeah. And it's different than a studio audience. Mm. Golden Girls, Cheers, Frasier, those all had studio right. audiences. Whereas it feels manipulative and forced when it's a laugh track. Yeah. Like, there's something when there's a live audience, it feels like there is a um, there's an energy to it that you don't have. Yeah, and you can see the actors waiting for the yeah. laughter to die down as well, right. responding to it. It yeah. just feels more natural. So has anyone seen that episode? And do you think it's a right ripoff <laughs> of that? <laughs> well, lots of concepts. We had everybody on the ship bar data knocked unconscious and moved across space by alien technology. Mm -hmm. We had using transporter records to compare electrolyte levels now to how they were when transported. This with Bev's knowledge of how the body changes due to circadian rhythms to tell how much time had passed. Mm -hmm. Bev's kicking ass throughout the episode, really, because she's the one who gets the first clue with her moss experiment. She does, indeed. Yeah. We have the data is different concept again. He messed up the Paxson's plan. He's lying to protect the crew. So we found out he can lie. Have we had him lie before? He can act. Yeah, yeah, he could lie. But that's a script. But he wouldn't lie to the captain because he's taken an oath to Starfleet, which he would take very seriously. So he yeah. wouldn't lie unless there was a very good reason for it, which there is. Because loose lips sink starships. <laughs> he takes the risk of court-martial or being broken down to the wires. Picard threatens further protection of everybody. During the episode and at the end and for all time, he's the only one who knows what really happened. Mm. Wow. Yeah. We had Troy being psychically affected and then taken over. Why Troy? Just because psychically her, yeah. equals Troy. Her mind is more accessible. She's open to... To the influence of powers. I'd think they would just try hailing first, but I guess big gestures work. And you said maybe they don't have a form of communication that isn't through yeah. possession. And they're just spitballing, aren't they? Because they haven't had to do this before. No. <laughs> Usually no one comes by. And if they do, they just go through the wormhole and yeah. that's it. We had Worf's discomfort about reporting his pain, his broken wrist. Yeah. It was very unclingon for him to even say that it had happened. But he had been ordered to uh, report right. anything. <laughs> yeah. And of course, the prepared wrist was another clue. Yeah. LaForge felt quite menacing in this episode. 
he was on it. Yeah. And rattled. Yeah. But I've never seen him look so dangerous. You thought he was dangerous? Yeah, somehow. Huh. Like he was going after, angry and... Yeah, going after Data. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. You, so, you got defensive I don't for know a little Data. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it was the camera shots or the way he was portraying the character, but it seemed different. Well, I, yeah, I could see that there was some betrayal that he's feeling mm. going on, and uh, and he wants to get down to it, and maybe you could sense that his friendship with Data wasn't going to protect Data yeah, from him. Yeah, yeah. And that maybe made you feel a little scared. Yeah, it did. We had isolationists. Again, reminds us of the story of the tribe who'd said, we want no contact with the outside world. And then they killed a missionary who gave it a go anyway, mm-hmm. you know, in real life. Yeah. Here, the crew have got no idea they don't want to be found. They've gone to all the trouble of a fake wormhole and a load of tech. They're not blasting ships as soon as they come close. They really have tried to be invisible. Right. And that blasting ships would, as I said earlier, just attract more mm-hmm. more attention. True. They communicate with data when they have to, but they don't want anyone else to know they exist. And Picard comes to a solution that respects that. Yeah. Deceiving Starfleet in order to maintain the Paxson's isolation. Yeah. They don't trust that just saying we don't want you here would be enough or a promise from Picard that a thousand of them would never tell anyone. Sure. Which they may be able to keep, but yeah. they've got no reason to believe that to be the case, have yeah. they? Don't know if they really needed to possess Troy and threaten the ship to get their case across, but they don't know Picard. Nope. And they don't trust aliens. They're no, well, that's it. xenophobic isolationists. <laughs> yeah, so why would they? We had stasis in which no hair grows. And I wondered, did Spot get put in stasis? Of course he would. Not the moss, though. Not the moss, but he that, that's a different type of life form. All mammals. All animals. Yeah, what, what other pets have they got? Uh, they might have reptiles in the labs, or there might be reptilian species on board. Yeah? So, oh, you know, yeah. They're, they're, they'll get it covered. The one thing I did wonder about, though, is this idea where they have this fake wormhole to send people away. Mm-hmm. What if you had scientists that studied wormholes? Wouldn't they want to come here and check it out? Oh, okay. Like, ooh, ooh, there's a wormhole over there. Let's go check out that wormhole. And they mm-hmm. would start investigating that. So mm-hmm. you are attracting attention. In yeah. A way. Well, maybe they're ten a penny. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Especially an unstable one. Yeah. What do you give it? Huh. It's not really stimulating me in terms of your usual definition of how it applies to my life and the world that we yeah. live in. Although, you know, isolationism can certainly can. The idea of trusting somebody else, being in a place where what if you could get rid of your memories? Not deeply. I don't yeah. really explore it. We've got data lying. Yeah. But there's not too much on the relational concepts in this. Still, there are a lot of big concepts for us. So, seven? Seven. Entertainment. Michael Piller remarked, I really loved that show. It's one of my favorites of the year. It was a perfectly realized classic mystery put together in a Star Trek format, which came together into a very satisfying episode. And that was from Captain's Logs. The unauthorized complete Trek voyages. Okay, yeah. We had their leisure time shown, Mokbara and Holodeck. I wasn't really into the Holodeck scene. Bit of a waste of whoopee for uh, me. I loved her, so. <laughs> I liked being in a different costume and it was fun to let her do a bit of comedy. It was fine, but you really enjoyed it. Shout out to the sparkly blankets that people are sleeping under that still exist from TOS. And now plants by the sleeper's head, which we've seen in a few episodes. Mm-hmm. Probably giving them some oxygen as they sleep. Maybe. Nice. I liked Worf's hop over the rail, using his instincts that Troy had gone weird, and then she throws him aside. 
Another time, Worf gets his ass handed to him. <laughs> I guess she's possessed. Yeah, how does that work? She's only possessed psychically by them. Surely she doesn't suddenly have superhuman strength. I, who knows how this works? Just really pissed off. Increased adrenaline? Yeah. I don't know. I thought it was a bit weird. It would take time to wipe their memory. It would take a day. If they'd done it quickly, originally they wouldn't have found out because there wouldn't have been any time missing. Seemed like a bit of a story contrivance to me. It could have been, or it just takes a lot of time to go through all the records, to change all the things, and messing with a thousand hundreds, people. Yeah, hundreds of people's minds. Yeah. You don't want to... Yeah. Am I asking a bit too much there? I think you're being a jerk. <laughs> oh, true. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it didn't seem very Picard to suddenly decide to wipe everyone's memory just due to an alien threat. He usually tells people where to shove it. But he's changed... And you said, you know, it's the only I logical and kind response. They're all going to die. Mm -hmm. That was it. And he goes, okay, how can I defuse the situation? They want this. They don't really want to kill us. They just want to be protected. Yeah. How can we do this? Yeah. How can we negotiate this out? And he does. Good to see it passing the Bechdel test as well. <laughs> <laughs> Overall, I wasn't super engaged in this episode. I'm giving it a six. I enjoyed it more than you did for sure. Eight seems awful high. Seven. Are you missing Wes? Who? Oh. <laughs> he went out with a little bit of a... And I uh, haven't really thought about him since. He's been replaced by Ensign McKnight, uh, played by Pamela Winslow. She'll be in two more episodes. All she right. So they're just, so just going to keep replacing him with different people for a while, I guess. Yeah. Hmm. They don't do anything. They just uh, say, yes, sir. Oh, the censors say this, sir. She actually played Rapunzel in Into the Woods on Broadway between 1987 and 1989. So. Oh. She was like a, a good... Good singer. Yeah. She's got that sweet look. Um, sexiness. None to speak of, really. No. Although she's attractive. It wasn't really about that, was yeah. it? 2.5. 2.5. Stupid experts. The way Bev found out the changed electrolytes, wouldn't stasis have prevented that change too? Ooh. Mm, now I'm onto something, oh. finally. That's a good point. They were awake a bit of the time where she mended a wrist but yeah. most of the time they were in stasis as far as we can gather that's a good point so wouldn't your electrolytes stay the same yeah. if your beard won't grow that's not a stupid experts that's a stupid writers a stupid writers thing. yeah yeah you got a good point there i thought couldn't they have just shaved well that would take a day going around shaving everybody well, well if, oh, <laughs> no just as part of their daily course of life yeah they're gonna go oh yeah i'm you know i need to shave mm. because they're awake and they're doing stuff yeah they weren't in stasis that long we don't know that. They were going to wipe their memories anyway, so we don't know how long they were in stasis. We just know it was long enough for Bev to repair Worf's wrist. Are you saying that to solve it, they should have had them shave themselves? Yes. But their beards hadn't grown anyway. So they must have been in stasis most of the time, unless they're not very hairy. Well, maybe. I, maybe stasis doesn't affect electrolytes. Mm, I, yeah, no, it yeah. would. You're right. If it's stopping your hair from growing, it would stop other biological processes yeah. from going. So stops you, you getting yeah. hungry, presumably, yeah. as well. Mm hmm Returning the whole ship to where they were knocked unconscious rather than sending a few people in a shuttle. That's a bit stupid. Well, they sent a probe and the probe said it was just a class M planet. Didn't mm. detect any ships, didn't detect any of this other stuff. So they thought maybe the wormhole had done it to them and the wormhole had gone. Well, what have happened if they sent a tiny little shuttle mm -hmm. is that they either would have a just been flung away by the wormhole that was there. Yeah. Or killed. Right. And then they'll go. What are they going to do? How many shuttles are they going to send before they actually go themselves to check it out? Cut out the middleman. Just go check it out. <laughs> Put everyone at risk. Yeah. Instead. LaForge sees Troy is out of whack. 
possessed. After seeing her swooning in a meeting and maybe he'd heard about her screaming in the mirror as well and he just leaves. He might have told someone. Worf gets it immediately but then he's always ready. But what Bev wonder where her moss went? Are you saying they probably manipulated it so the moss goes in stasis too? Or they just planted new moss and she'll go, oh yeah, of course. I'll know what I'm going to look for, so I got to trick myself. Right. Oh, right. Yeah, true. Yeah. Because the first time she didn't even think about the moss. It didn't even come up. She was like, oh, whatever. But then obviously now she knows, oh, I'll see the moss. I got to fix it. Self, Yeah. So I'm giving it a two for stupid experts. Well, it's bad. Is that unfair? I think it's a little <laughs> unfair because the characters aren't being stupid. It's just the writers have made some mistakes or, mm. and think about something. So I'm going to give it stu- stupid writers one. <laughs> well, that's not a category, so Rafe, don't start a new spreadsheet, <laughs> poor thing. <laughs> uh, Are you giving it zero for stupid experts then? Yeah. Okay. Well, your guesses? I said data will draw on his Sherlock Holmes knowledge. No, but it was Dixon Hill. I thought he'd end up bringing in some holodeck character or alien to help him solve the case. We did have Guinan on the holodeck, but it wasn't to solve this mystery. No. I said he'd tend to everyone's medical needs. Well, he brought them around from stasis, but that's all. I said the wormhole would be a powerful consciousness overwhelming theirs. Kind of. It it wasn't just a naturally occurring phenomenon. I thought Riker would do something heroic. No, he's really been in the background lately. (laughs) We need a Riker episode. Well, soon. Oh, yes. It's next week, isn't it? I think it's, yeah, I think that's First Contact, which is a pretty great episode. And that is a Riker-centric episode. Great. All I know about it is the picture I've seen of him with some kind of prosthetics on. But I want to thank all of our patrons, all of our listeners, everybody. If Without your support, we wouldn't keep doing the show. Thank you so much. And with that, I'm Chris Lackey. And I'm Rachel Lackey. And you've been listening to... Rachel Watches Star Trek. Star Trek!